being black is stressful, but inner peace is real. We're creating safe space for real talk about black stress and how we manage it. We do it because we love ourselves. We do it because we love you. And we do it because we love being black. Hey, welcome to Mindfulness for the Culture. Hey, hey, hey. hey. <laughs> every time. It hits. It every, hits every time. time. <laughs> every time. Every time. Yes. Yes. Hey, fam. I am Sonia Russell, CEO and co founder of Special Sauce. King David, co founder and chief strategy officer of Special Sauce. And I am excited. We are excited yes. to be here with my homeboy. Adam Wentz. Hey. Adam and I go way so far back. Like we go, man. We go. It's been a minute. Yeah. yeah. It's like a long time. We go back to the nineties, y'all. We go back to the nineteen hundreds. Hang on a second. Oh, that is true. Yeah, we have known yeah. each other for many, many years. Many, many yeah. years. Many, many. Thanks for having me on your podcast. This is awesome. Super excited. We are super excited yeah. to have you. To we've been teeing up. We've been telling the people that you're coming. So we're really excited that you are finally here. Um, and but we're gonna start before we jump into all of our questions because we got questions. All right. Um, okay. We're gonna start with with kind of your credentials like mm. we, we're about to get into because there's yep. credentials to be had and and i think our folks appreciate you know yes yeah, yeah we, we mentioned credentials and heart that's right, right. Those, those okay two are very crucial so take a moment let's put the spotlight on you for a moment okay i, I know you don't like that but you're gonna get it today y'all adam Witt <laughs> is the founder and ceo of trifoya a digital project design and e-learning company trifoya's Current projects include training the nation's early child care workforce, teaching effective parenting practices during separation and divorce, excuse me, promoting stress reduction techniques for at-risk Americans, won't mind for you, (laughs) teaching trauma-informed practices and supporting racial equity in K-12 schools. Adam has developed over 100 education technology and e-learning products funded by the U.S. Department of Education, National Institutes of Health, universities, and corporations in need of custom solutions. Y'all, this is the part that's super duper dope. We talked about how you ally. This brother, Adam, is currently the vice president of the Eugene Springfield NAACP and a volunteer contributor to a Northwest regional podcast called uh, UCAST. Hey. Huge. It's huge. It's huge. Huge cast. www.eugcast.com. Now, Adam, real quick, before we get into the questions, I have one preliminary question. As we talk about what it means to ally and how it means to ally and the, and the amazing way that you're doing that, please talk to us a little bit more about your engagement, your why you decided to become a part of the local NAACP chapter in 2011. Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah, so um, back in 2011, I was looking for opportunities to um, engage with the broader community here because I have I have a very um, uh, conspicuous family, you might say, that we're very um, diverse. 
I, um, my kids, um, I've adopted. And so I have this kind of large, um, uh, style, <laughs> I guess we could I'd say there's a, there's a broad range of styles at my house. Um, and, and there's all kinds of different things going on there. So one of the things for me was in, in raising, uh, kids of color is, was to make sure that I understood where they were kind of fitting into things and how things were going for them and making sure that I was prepared as a parent to understand the complexities of their life. And part of that involved um, understanding and getting involved in the community of people here locally um, to uh, make things better. Um, and, and so I got to know a lot of folks here locally. It's not a really diverse town or it wasn't many years ago. Um, I'm up in Eugene, Oregon. It's the University of Oregon. And there's a lot more diversity here than there used to be, but it was, it was pretty, you know, pretty thin there for a minute. The, few, the, the very few black people in Eugene, <clears throat> most, a lot of them live in your house. <laughs> right. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So back in, back in 2011, I was like, okay, you know, uh, I, I went in and I, I knew... Uh, the president, uh, Henry Levert of the local unit, and he, he's a, an old family friend as well. And, and I went and asked him if there was anything that they needed. And, um, the, you know, they were kind of doing their thing. But one of the things that I identified was that they were having some serious problems with their communications. Uh, their website was, they were unable to update it. They were having some problems with their email. There was just some technical stuff that was kind of causing them some grief. And I, hey, I'll volunteer to do that. And so I stepped in and volunteered to help with some of that. Not that I know that much about it, but I was like, yeah, I got time. And um, it was a great way to get involved and to volunteer and do some, some good. And in the process of doing that, uh, somehow I got roped into becoming the secretary of the unit because the secretary had left and, and, and there was a vacancy and they needed somebody who could step in and, and help do that. I didn't realize how much work that was. <laughs> I, if, if you're the secretary of a NAACP unit, you are, you hold all the power. <laughs> you are like, I was like, do you guys really want me? Anyway, I was in there. It's true. And I can go into some, some really fascinating historical stuff on that, but that's for another time. Yeah, for another podcast. But anyway, so I ended up being the secretary for about five years. And I finally was able to, um, um, and, and we made a lot of improvements in the unit. In fact, now, we now actually, we used to be all volunteer. Now we have an executive director, we have staff, we're doing vaccination clinics, we're doing food um, distribution, uh, we're doing rent assistance, we're doing all these things that we're not supposed to be doing, but we're doing because the community here said, hey, uh, can your can this organization fill a gap that was happening during the pandemic, where we really need this connection, this connection to this community, and those people that need it. So we, you know, so that's, anyway, that's how I got started was just kind of volunteering to help out with some technical stuff and then it's grown into something that's quite a bit more i love that so much and for those who are not familiar the, the position of secretary is a voted position yeah you didn't just get placed in there like the folk within that community 
had to co-sign that you were the one to be in that role. I think that's it's mm. important for our listeners to know that. Yeah, I was appointed at first, and then I, I was elected twice. That's right. So, I was just going to say, just bring, bringing home the point again for all of our allies who are listening, this is how you ally. Put your money where your mouth is, put your heart in the game, and put some skin in the game. And Adam is doing that. Sure enough. Not did it, but he's c- currently and continuing to do that. Right. You know, one thing on that, though, and I I just want to say that, you know, a lot of folks, uh, a lot of black folks, too, they they don't they don't find it that awesome that that some white dude is deep in their organization. Um, And and I understand that. And that's and that's understandable. And that's that's you know, and that's fine. It doesn't mean I'm not going to keep trying to do the best I can. And and the folks that I'm working with and for. Um, we're all putting in the effort and we, we hear a lot of things sometimes where people say, I I don't trust this or I don't trust that. And trust is something and you trust is something that you earn and it's through the actions that you, that you go through. And so, you know, all I can say is you just keep plugging away and you keep doing the best you can. And if people come at you and they, and they, and they get in your face about it and they don't think they trust you and say, well, you know. Look at my actions, not my my words. So, I've almost been ten years. So I'm sure you've developed that trust and that credibility. 2011 until now, yeah, yeah. Put it, yeah. Put it, well, put it, put it, put it, yeah. has it been? <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I think people forget that the NAACP was founded by not just white. black people. Yeah, it was white and black. Um, right. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So it's 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 important. It's important. Yeah. So okay. So Adam, tell it. Tell me this. Where'd you grow up? I actually know where you grew up. But oh my! And what were you like as a kid? Oh my God! Well, you know, I grew up in Wyoming. You knew this, but you know, I grew up in Wyoming. Uh, and Wyoming's kind of a strange place. I don't know if it's 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 um it is um it's hard to get there, and there isn't a lot going on there except the outdoors and um, and um, you know country living. You know, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of cowboy boots, a lot of, you know, this, a lot of, you know, and, and so I grew up, you know, uh, there, not necessarily, my dad was a BLM guy, so he was a forest firefighter. And so we moved around a lot, but all in Wyoming, if you can imagine, we moved like three or four times in my youth, but it was all within Wyoming because we were a Wyoming family, you know, dad fought forest fires. My mom was a nurse and then became a midwife. She was the only midwife in Wyoming for a long time. Started a uh, a clinic on the Shoshone Arapaho Reservation, um, and then that got shut down by the doctors. That's another story. That is another story, boy. Let me tell you. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I could do a million. Um, but yeah, I grew up in Wyoming, and and when I was about eighteen, I realized I wanted to get the heck out of there and see what the world was like. So I came out here to Oregon, and then I spent a little bit of time in Boston. And then decided to come back to Eugene because, you know, it just had the vibe. It was uh, people were uh, open and kind and progressive and respectful. And um, and that's why I came back to Oregon. Not that not to say that Wyoming is not kind and respectful and it's just different. (laughs) Don't want to. It's just different. different. I understand. So now you're in the world of 
educational media. Right. You founded Trifolia. <laughs> Yo, guy. Yeah. So, you know, I, um, back in the early, well, late nineties, early two thousands, um, is when I started, uh, Iris media was what it was, uh, started as, and I had some partners and we, we were really successful and kind of worked on a lot of K-12 development work. So stuff to try to help teachers learn how to manage classrooms, um, work with kids who are having maybe some behavior or trauma, um, looking at equity, all those kinds of things. So we started developing. I, I was looking at it as, to me, the ability to sit down and learn something from uh from a from a from a some you know either a video or like someone teaching me something or whatever like that to me was always the most exciting thing is because you would leave this training and you would feel more confident about like your job like for teachers we would go in and we would do these trainings where we would show them these videos that we would make and they would show right way, wrong way examples. And, and the teachers were like, this is the best training I've been because you're not just yakking at me. Some, it's not some white dude with a PhD sitting there going, blah, 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 do this, blah, 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 do that. It was all about showing people how things could be different, how you could react one way and get a different response from a student and react another way and get a, another response. It was just, and so we've started making training materials and really focusing on modeling and, and getting into the behavioral context of the function of behavior. And our stuff became rather popular and it's, it's used all over the, all over the world now. Um, but as we grew, uh, we also expanded into other areas where to me, training people and teaching people is really about them becoming more comfortable with themselves, being more comfortable with how they relate to the people around them. And that all comes from, from being confident and learning things and, and knowing what, you know, um, so that's how Trifoya came about is that now what we do is we really focus our attention on that. How can we design products that will make it bigger difference in people's lives by helping them be educated and trained in the things that they're wondering about, becoming more confident in their jobs, in their personal lives, in their parenting, in their everything. Beautiful. Beautiful. So it's interesting, Adam, as you were speaking, um, in terms of how you got into the, the work that you're doing, I couldn't help but... Uh, Think about one of the seven principles of mindfulness that Mindful You is, is founded upon, which is beginner's mind, and your willingness to want to go in and to learn, uh, to approach something with a fresh view, um, and how you're creating that space for these educators to do the same thing. Um, it's huge. That, 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 that was something that's that's right. Yes. That beginner's mindset is such an important thing. I mean, in, in design thinking, in, in designing in general, you have to you have to look at things and, 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 and understand where your assumptions are coming from. Like we, we all have assumptions. It's like, it's, I mean, bias is it's, it's woven through everything that we do. 
as humans. And it's because we have a limited perspective. We can only conceive of so much. I mean, although we have brains that are like supercomputers beyond, we, we perception and how, what we can, can conceive in our brains as to what's going on is kind of pieced together by our brains based on the information that's provided to it. And bias comes from that, is, comes from our brains saying, hey, I'm going to take what I know and I'm going to put it all together and that's what I think is going on. It, and that beginner's mindset frees you from that. It frees you from being stuck in one path. It gives you that ability to kind of look beyond just what you think you know. And it's an important part to living your life. And here, one of the values that we have at Trifoya is that you um, always be learning. You know, there's always something to learn. You know, we, you've probably heard me say this all the time. It's something I, I got from one of our, my uh, uh, staff many years ago. She used to say, perfection is a direction. Mm. And that, that is something that says it's okay to strive for the best. And it's okay to not get it because it's always a direction you're heading in and it's always getting better and you're always trying to get better. And if you can just keep that focus, you're dialed. Beautiful. Brother Adam, you just keep on leaning into these mindfulness <laughs> principles and non-striving, right? So, I mean, it's such a beautiful thing that um, I, I, from the board level all the way through the level about through special sauce and mindful mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. are focused living living right living right. The value, living actively living the values right right uh which you know is amazing now look at us oh go ahead you about to say something? Oh, well i was about to ask the next question but go ahead no go ahead i was gonna say i know you love sonya so this next question coming up uh oh well i want to go i want to go beyond the watch because i i of course i know adam loves me <laughs> again we go we go all the way 1900s to the 1900s <laughs> um, <laughs> And though your work on Mindful You has nothing to do with me. So I want to know why you're doing Mindful You. Like, why? Oh, my goodness. Well, Mindful You, okay, so the, that whole project, Mindful You is, is, is the extension of, like, a lot of different things that came before it. And you are all part of that as well. I mean, it's this organic evolution. Um, it, it actually, the proposal stage and going out and, and saying, hey, I wonder if we can, we can make this, started actually at the Eugene Springfield NAACP. I was talking to a, a very good friend of mine and uh, one of the elders here in town uh, 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 who um, she was uh, talking about going to church and doing all this stuff. And I was talking, we'd been doing some things around mindfulness at my office. And I was like, Hey, have you ever heard of this and this? And I was kind of curious how that kind of related to the black experience locally. And she said, Oh no, 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 no. We, I would never get into that kind of mindfulness thing because that's all that Eastern hocus pocus, like, you know, or whatever. It was all kind of like, it's not, I'm Christian. She was, she was basically saying, I am a Christian and that's the way I roll. And, and I thought to, I got to think, well, it's not really, I, to me, they're kind of, there, there's no distinction there. I think that was, uh, and I was wondering, well, how can you create that, that mindfulness within the context of this person's cultural understanding? Because there was, she was putting a barrier up in front of, 
a viable way that she could be thinking about it um, and kind of dealing with her stress and also incorporating that into her religious beliefs and all of these other things. And so mindful, you kind of came about looking at how to culturally understand mindfulness in this different way that, that people could relate to within their worldview. Right. And, 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 um, so I, I started looking into the literature of studies that had happened on this, and I came across um, this researcher, um, uh, Natalie uh, uh, Singleton, Watson Singleton, and down at Spelman, and I reached out to her. And then we started talking and we said, hey, let's work on a proposal together to design and see if we can start to come up with how this will all work. And so she you know, started exploring it and we started exploring it. We got funded and then we started doing all this stuff. And then all of a sudden you guys came and I was like, yes, because I mean, uh, that was the, the thing that was missing from Natalie and I's work was, was you, it was that piece, you know, that, that, um, that understanding of, you know, with Natalie being in academics and me being in this being white, <laughs> you know, it's true. I mean, it's true. It's true. Uh, there was, there was a, there was a missing. There was always this thing where I was seeking, and she was seeking this like higher um, connection to the work. And when, you, when it all kind of came together around you guys, it, 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 it all fit together. It was like a puzzle. Finally came together. And, and, you know, a lot of that, I mean, just the other day I was watching a, I, 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 I'm always curious about the way things are conceived. And I was watching the history of refrigeration. I know it's, I'm a total geek. Um, I was watching the history of refrigeration and, and the ice trade, you know, and the idea of refrigeration came about because Finally, all of this science and all of this information about the way the natural world worked allowed people to conceive of how refrigeration could actually become something. Like before, when, when you know, people didn't even know that the air had anything in it. And until we understood what was in this thing in front of us that we think is empty space, we, we were unable to conceive of how to create refrigeration because we didn't understand what air was. <laughs> and it's that same kind of thing. It's like the extension and the, 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 the things that we create and the things that we conceive of, sometimes there's a time and a place that that happens, right? Like, it's not like Apple came up with the MP3 player. They didn't, they came up with the iPod. But the Zune was already out there. Yeah. Okay. It's not like it was a game changer, but it was a game changer in how it was conceived along with all of the other things that went with it. And in a way, that's the same kind of thing that we're talking about here is that mindful you is a moment, like the, the, the work that we were, have been doing and that we've been doing with you and that you've been doing with Natalie and all of this stuff is an extension of of all of the work that has come from all of the folks before us. 
And, and as long as we continue to build off of that and, and be curious about it, we, you know, can continue to build things that will make a difference. I don't know. That's Adam. come on. Now. Yes, 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 yes. So, so you, you, brought mindful you uh, back into the, in the conversation in a real way. So the app is designed to reduce stress, well, to, to reduce stress in African-Americans using mindfulness in a way that's culturally relevant, right? Uh, stress. So what stresses you out and how does the stress show up in your body? Well, so many things stress me out. <laughs> I am like, I am like a piano string that has been pulled so tight. Um, yeah, no, what stresses me out? Well, um, um, God, all of the things that stress, like, okay, lately business has been stressing me out because it's hard to find staff. I, there's all kinds, the things, my exter external things stress me out. I, I don't get stressed, I, 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 you know, I get stressed out by things I shouldn't get stressed out about. So that all then gets, you know, sent into my, my physical and mental health, you know, that mental stuff gets, you know, um, I eat, like I went to sweet life yesterday and got like, you know, a pile of tr treats because I felt like everybody around my joint was kind of feeling a little down. And I was like, well, I'm feeling kind of down. So let's feed that. Um, but yes so it might not have been the best thing to do but it was sure fun last night you know it's great you know nothing like peanut butter cookie you know but um it definitely my, my stress over the years i find it hilarious that i work in a field where i'm always trying to kind of improve these things that i'm really bad at myself, you know, and I think that's one of the things that's super important about the work that we're doing is that we find ourselves in the work that we're doing because it has so much personal relevance to us because we seek, like, I have so much that I need to learn about how to be better as a person, about being better as a, as a dad, about being better, uh, like employer, about being a better advocate for my, you know, the work that we do, all those things. But ultimately, it all comes down to if we just get a little bit better and a little bit better every, every I mean, I, this last year, I said to myself, I'm going to meditate every day. I, I'm, I haven't done it really. <laughs> Let's just be clear, though. There, there, you are not, you are in fine company. With, That's right. Uh, and I, let me say me, I, I, you know, I've set some audacious goals, but you set the intention. And I'm sure if it didn't happen exactly. every day, it happened enough. That's right. Right. I mean, I knew some, I knew some, some, um, some amazing women in my life that were going to do yoga every day as a group. They were going to do this thing. And I just, I feel no, like the one who worked it out is your wife. <laughs> she is a badass. That's how we do that. Because she is the only one we'd be like, go, go. go. <laughs> I worked out with your wife before, and she is a badass. She is, yes. I I I, I mean I'm major shout out to, to Elise on that. Yes. But it's those kinds of things. It's about making a goal, setting a goal, not beating yourself up if you don't nail it. 
Perfection's a direction. Just keep heading in that direction and you'll get there eventually. So thank you for that. I love that. So what kind of what kind of mindfulness stuff besides the not the meditation? Oh yeah. <laughs> meditation you're doing. Uh, what other kind of stuff are you, you know, mindfulness are you using? Well, I've been biking. I got a dog. You know, I mean, I've always had a dog. Dogs are great, you know, uh, unless they're um, out of control and then they're stressful. Um, I play a lot of music. That's one of the things that, that really makes me, I try to pick up my, my cowboy harpsichord at least once a day and strum it and sing songs. And it's a guitar. That's that a cow, like a cowboy harpsichord. That's. I was like, what? Is that, oh, is that from Wyoming? It's a guitar. It's yeah, yeah, the old cowboy yeah, harpsichord. Okay, okay. <laughs> so you know, I sing songs, and you know that kind of keeps me stressed. Uh, stress, you know, reduced. Uh, I enjoy that immensely. Um, I listen to a lot of music. I listen to a lot of stuff. You know, really putting my brain on stuff is the most helpful thing. Like really learning something new reduces my anxiety because that curiosity fires up some part of my brain that just makes me forget all of the other stuff that that's on my mind you know many many years ago and I was doing some business transition I was under a lot of stress and 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 uh, I went saw you know a therapist and and they said well you, your anxiety is caused by your OCD and I'm like, no, 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 I can't be. I don't have OCD. So, well, you just constantly are thinking about the same thing over and over and over again. That's OCD. You got to let that go. Stop dealing, you know, like focusing on that so much. You got to like kind of, you got to find a place where you can stick that and let it, you know, marinate somehow and, 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 and move on. And once I realized that, I was like, Oh, and it's right. I am kind of obsessive about my, like, if I get something in my brain that I want to have happen, it is gonna have to happen. <laughs> you know, you found company on that one. Ed. Yes. <laughs> Ask us how we know. Yes. How we know. Oh, snap. So Adam, I'm with you on that. What are your top go-to songs? What, what, okay. Yes. Come on. Let's Man. Well, I got to tell you, um bill withers um uh i get uh you know i i actually i'm gonna i'm gonna um i am going to have to expose myself here a little bit and say that i was a big fan of the nbc hit series nashville and uh yeah some really good songwriters on there so there's some good songs there um uh alo black um, yeah, I like was somebody, yeah, you know, uh, uh, actually five years ago when I was under a lot of stress, I would bike ride, you know, to some Halo black and, oh my God, that just fired me up. You know, I'm, the, uh, uh, I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man, um, uh, give me a dollar, you know, all of those songs. I mean, great stuff, you know, real, fi you know, fired up and real, you know, positive vibe. I really love that. Um, I used to listen to a lot of jazz. My my fan my family's not really that into jazz music, so they don't really like it on the radio when I'm listening to it. So I use that in my headphones. So I've been, you know, um, 
I'm a huge Mingus fan. I love some Mingus. Um, what is Mingus? Charles Mingus. He was a bass player uh, back in the 50s and 60s. Okay. Uh, he was a West Coast contemporary, actually. Uh, he, was, he was one of the West Coast jazz pioneers. Started out as a cello player in, I think, L.A., and then became a bass player, one of the greatest bass players of all time. I'll I'll play some stuff for you next time we're we're together. I, love I got some I got some French press stuff from um, uh, that was cut in France uh, back in the day. That's just him, Eric Dolphy, um, uh, just you know, great, great stuff. Anyway, that's my go-to stuff. Um, I do, I do. What's that? I was going to ask you. Go keep going. Go ahead. I was just going to say that I, I do, I do like all kinds of music. So, I mean, I'll listen to anything as long as the person that's making it isn't trying to, well, as long as they're just trying to, to, to make music and not just to make a buck. Like I can tell when somebody put together a band just to make a buck. That's just, that's the third podcast. Yeah. That's the third podcast. Let's talk. Hi, welcome to the podcast where we take a look at music and we can tell if they're full of shit. I mean, pardon my French. Oh, you're all good. So you're Bill Withers. Is that is that lovely day that you play? Oh yeah, lovely day. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Also, like um, because um, um, it's um Gary Clark Jr. I love just. I mean, he just he can sit down with an electric guitar, and sing, just him, and it's just amazing. Um, a friend of mine just turned me on to um, um. Uh, John Moreland, the singer-songwriter guy, fantastic stuff. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, I've been listening to, uh, yeah, I just, so much. I mean, I should create my Spotify pod. We, we should create, oh my gosh, a Spotify playlist of, oh, you probably already are. What am I thinking? I'm sitting here looking at you guys, and you guys are like, listen, already done. Sony is the queen of the empowerment playlist. Okay. Uh, but it, and, it's, and, and, the, and that's, you know, we wanted to identify some ways that were mindful for folks to engage in, you know, in, the, in their practices and ways to reduce stress. And you mentioned cycling, uh, which is dope yep. for cyclists too. So uh, you and I should have another conversation about cycling. About, uh, well, when we get together and camp again, David, we need to bring our bikes and let's do some rides, man. I mean, that would be fun. I'm I'm not like one of those guys that's like, hey, I'm going to stick these shorts on with the padded butt and, and I don't do that thing. That is not, if you ever see me in a pair of bike shorts, just beat me. Beat me. I mean, seriously. Got you. I got you. But I'll bike to work if it's not too cold. Um. <laughs> And uh, my dog likes to run with me. So that's good. It gives him some exercise. And let me talk, you want to talk about stressed out. That dog right there is one stressed out pooch. Mm. He, he, he puts me to shame when it comes to stress. I, if we could figure out some way to get him. Yeah. Oh, Hey, another good tune that I listen to is Brian Eno's Thursday afternoon. Mm. It's, it is a wonderful ambient music piece that if I'm stressed out at work and I need to do some, like I need to sit down, I've written a lot of scripts. I've written a lot of proposals. I've worked on a lot of 
projects where I've been listening to that stuff. Uh, and, and it kind of gets me in this kind of creative space. Same thing with the Decemberists. For some reason, there's some kind of weird, some of those songs just fire up the old synapses and get me rolling and get me off of my uh, stress out grind, you know? Um, but yeah, Brian, is it Brian Eno? Yeah, I think it's Brian Eno. Thursday afternoon. And yeah. Um, yeah. And now I'm all excited. Now I'm all excited about hearing the, the mindful you special sauce stress reduction podcast. <laughs> you know, I do want to say something on that though. You know, the mind, the, the project and mindful you and what you have made of it are two different, very different things these days. Like the work that I started out doing was really getting things started and then seeing all of the work and all of the effort and everything that you've done to, to put this thing together. And actually you it's, it is you, it is you, it is, it is Natalie. And it's all of the work that has been done in that. It's just, but it's not about necessarily stress reduction. It's about helping people start to manage themselves a little bit better to see themselves in the place they are in the world. Right. And help them find something that they can kind of lean on. And sometimes that means community, you know, and I think that's one of the things that I really am excited about the, the stuff that you're doing with the app and, and where you're heading with it is that it's about connection. And it's about people being able to share and support each other as much as it is about acknowledging and managing themselves. Like self-management is something that I never learned and I still haven't learned it, but, but I've tried to teach it. You know, I don't necessarily know, but it's something I'm constantly working on where like asking yourself, well, why do I feel this way right now? Oh, it's because I had that giant bowl of ice cream or, I just ate a big ton of bread and now my blood sugar's off. And maybe that's why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling, or maybe like our physical and our mental and our social are all intertwined. And that's one of the things that is so awesome about the work that you guys are doing on, on mindful you um, is that you you're bringing all that into, to focus for a community of folks that have, have long been kind of like the recipients of the what's left not the deciders of what and where you know it's like moving forward into um self-management means self-actualization and and like it's it's about seeing yourself and, and understanding where you can go as a person and where that takes your community and how you have to bring it. It's, you can't do things alone. We are not an isolated, we're not an island. And anybody who is, is going to fail. You know, I, I, I'm sorry, I don't want to get like, but that is one of those things. If you try to do things alone, you are, you, you will do only so much as you can do for yourself and you will do no more. 
That is it. So let's so live in the work, brother. Again, uh, you bring up one of the principles of Nguzo Saba, collective work and responsibility, Ujima, which is to build and maintain our community together. We make our brothers and sisters problems our problems and work to solve them together. Yeah. This, this is this is our this is, this is our board of selection. Come on, yeah. Right. I, Come on, yeah. let's go. You know, one of the things that I've been working on lately, um, and it kind of ties into that, which is um, uh, a couple years ago, three three years ago, I think it was, um, some local folks around here put together this thing. It was an initiative to try to st- um, to um, uh, to work on the issue of youth homelessness. Like we were. They were, they were the, the local uh, government folks here, city government, were like looking at the, the schools and realizing that there were a lot of kids that were basically couch surfing that had gotten either kicked out of their homes or were like kind of floating around on friends' couches. They were kind of like these un, unhoused, unattached folks and, and that they needed resources and it was difficult to connect with them but there were these ways that they could connect. They just needed to have some sort of a resource system in place. So they put together this thing called 15th night. And it, it, and it basically was under the, 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 the premise that if a kid is homeless and is on the streets for longer than 15 nights, 15 nights, the odds are that they will be chronically homeless the rest of their lives. Okay. And now there's no, I mean, there's, Obviously, some research needs to go into that, but the, the, what they did is they started to address the problem through this system of connecting all of these different local um, groups and under this thing called collective impact. And, and there's this thing called the collective impact model, and it goes, and, it, and it's basically the same thing that, we're, that you're doing with Mindful You, which is... It's about connecting all of these different resources together that have always maybe been there, but have never been unified and, and driving those. Now, from a social change model, it's so important. And so uh, what we started doing is looking at, for example, the 15th night stuff and saying, how can we help other communities take this model that is working here and and use it other places and, and, and have people learn how to use it and what makes it work because recreating something in another community is not easy. Just like what you're doing with mindful you trying to take and, and make things that will help people from all of these different diverse, the, the, the black community is not some monolithic group of like, you know, just like there is no like one monolith. What you can do is you can say, we understand all of these different types of folks, and we provide these things to help them understand themselves. And, and that's just the way to do it. This has been a fantastic opportunity to spend time with you, Adam. Ooh, thank you. Thank I you. appreciate you so much. So, so much. I appreciate you. All right, family. Ooh, well, Woo. listen, y'all. Um, we love ourselves. We love I love you. you. I love you. Oh, and we love being black. <laughs> well, I I am not black, as you can tell from my, my from my voice. But um, <laughs> but um, I can't wait to hang with you guys soon. Okay, I mean right. seriously, I'm gonna get down there. You get up here. Yes, absolutely. This.
This family has been mindfulness for the culture. Thanks, Adam. Bye.